Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 511 and session number 159 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I'm going to do it today again. And I am pretty fired up because it's another Friday, and hopefully you guys are having an amazing day or uh, maybe end of your week, hopefully, or maybe you're listening to this on Monday and you're having an amazing Monday. Whatever day it is, hopefully you're having an awesome day. Now, today we are going to be talking about launching different variations. That's going to be one of the questions. The other one we're going to be talking about is some pay-per-click challenges, and we're also going to be talking about starting Facebook ads and where you should start. Hmm. Starting Facebook ads and where you should start. Yeah, that sounds good. So we'll be talking about that too. Now, before we do get rocking and rolling, I did want to remind you that you guys can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. You can record a short message there. Do me a favor, leave your name, maybe where you're tuning in from, and uh, yeah, ask your question, and I'll do my best to air it here on an upcoming Ask Scott session. Now, the other thing I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about something that recently happened in the new brand. Those of you that are longtime listeners, or at least the past, I'd say, eight to ten months now, you guys have been hearing us talk a lot about this new brand and uh, all of the ups and downs of this uh, of this new project. But what I wanted to do here is just share something that we recently did as an experiment, and uh, and it's been working really well. So I wanted to share it with you guys because I think you guys could use this in your own business if you have products that you could create a nice little bundle. And we did this in the fourth quarter, actually. We tested it with only 25 units. So we took three of our products that went well together, we bundled them, And then we sold through the 25 and we sold through pretty quickly. So we're like, okay, maybe we should go ahead and order some more and have these bundled at the factory. So that's what we did. We had 250 units created and then we shipped, uh, we shipped them all in actually, we shipped them all in just recently. And, uh, and this past uh, week we've been selling between five and eight a day, which is pretty awesome. So again, just by taking some of our existing products, we added another SKU. We also increased the amount that people are able to buy with one, you know, with one sale, right? Because now they don't have to select all three of those products. They could just select the one bundle. And now we've taken a cart value of just $20 all the way up to as much as $40. In this case, I think we were doing $29.95 and then we're now, I think we're at $33 or $34.95. So we're starting to inch that up. We want to eventually get that to about $39.95, but we're still making really good money on that one sale. And again, we only have to sell one versus selling three of those individual products. So again, just something to consider. Another thing I wanted to share with you, and this is again is is proof that when we're building a brand, we want multiple products and why this is so powerful. And to me, this is the way of the future that we should be thinking about that, especially if you're just selling products on Amazon, we eventually we want to be able to sell these on our own website and all of that stuff. But recently we've been noticing because we have more than one SKU, we've got upwards of 10. We're, we're getting eight sales from one, 11 from another, 17 from another, 14 from another five, and then 10. So, so they're all sales are coming from different, different ones at different day or during different days. So this way here, we're not just getting a hundred units a day on one product. All right. We're getting a hundred sales per day on multiple products. So if one, we've, we run out of inventory, we're not like 
We're not going to be uh, losing sleep because now we we don't have that to to keep our sales going. We've got you know like nine other items that could keep the keep the money coming in. The other thing is if we had a problem with one of our products, we're not relying on just that one. And then also you have you know different days of the week products sell better than others. So why not? Take that and spread it amongst, spread it out amongst all of your different products that go well together, uh, and then really build out that brand. The other cool thing is, is now when we want to go outside of Amazon and build our own little sales funnel, we're able to do that a lot easier because we can take two or three of our products and we can start to experiment with those with paid ads. That's what we're doing right now. Actually, as I'm recording this is we're getting ready to do a free plus shipping offer. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I just wanted to give you a little update on the new brand. Uh, I thought that was uh, interesting and it was actually pretty exciting because we were like, yes, we've got a nice little bundle that sells. And even if we only sold three or four a day, who cares? You know, like we've got another product that we didn't have to go out and source. Really. We just had to put the bundle together and we've just increased the amount of revenue that we're doing now just by doing that one thing. So pretty awesome. Now you guys have heard me talk a lot about building a brand and there's another example I just gave you. And that's exactly why we created product discovery bootcamp. Now, if you guys are brand new, or if you are in your brand, you're stuck with building out that product line and you haven't heard me talk about product discovery bootcamp yet. Well, now is where I'm going to mention that because this is exactly what we did to build this brand and any brands we build in the future or anyone that we talk to about building a business is exactly what we do in product discovery bootcamp. It's exactly what we do. It to me is the foundation of building your brand, but we have to establish the market. We then have to maybe find a sub market because maybe the main market's a little too competitive. So we find those sub markets and then we start to build the brand in that part of the market. And that's exactly what we do in product discovery bootcamp. So if you have not checked that out, here is my little self plug where I would say definitely go over and check that out. You can find that by heading over to the amazing forward slash bootcamp. All right, theamazingseller.com forward slash bootcamp. And that's exactly what I would recommend if you are stuck in your current brand and you don't know how to expand out your product line or go into a sub market or a sub niche, uh, or if you're just starting from scratch, this is where you want to start. All right. Now, before we get going here, I wanted to give you a couple things here. One more update. I wanted to talk about the new dog. If you listened to last episode, and if you didn't, go back and listen to that episode because we talked all about never say never. And what I mean by that is I never said, or I said that I would never have another dog, but I also said I would never have another dog before I had Brody, who is our dog now we've had for five and a half years, which you guys all probably know who he is by now because uh, I talk a lot about him on the podcast. But uh, I told you guys in the last episode of the Ask Scott session that my wife was headed to Tennessee to get a dog, which was a conversation that we had that Saturday at lunch, and it was just crazy. But anyway, we did get the dog. She has been awesome. Brody is still uh, not sure if um, if he's cool with her being in his domain, but he's working on it. He's getting better. And I told you guys, we weren't 100% sure on the name we have named her, and it is a girl, and her name is Maisie. Okay, so it's not Macy, it's Maisie. And uh, what we've been uh, kind of playing around with is uh, some of those those things we've been calling her as she's been um, kind of playing around the house, Crazy Maisie goes well. And then the other one is Lazy Maisie goes really, really well. So anyway, so that's uh, that's what's been happening in our house. A little bit of a of a, of a different uh, 
I guess, a a different structure of our day lately because we've got like a newborn in the house again. It's kind of crazy, but it's a lot of fun. And my wife's having a blast. My daughter's having a blast. Everyone is enjoying her, but Brody is still not 100% sure, but he'll get there. But anyway, yes, so Maisie is uh, is now part of our family. So you'll start to hear a little bit more about her um, from time to time. But again, never say never. You never know. All right. Okay. Now, you guys always know I like to give you a little bit of what's kind of going on in my head today or swirling around my brain, and uh, I'm going to give you uh, what recently um, I had a conversation with my oldest daughter, Alexis, who was visiting here. Actually, she was part of of, uh, us getting the new dog as far as helping out. She actually flew to Tennessee, met my wife there. They drove back together in a car um, after they picked her up. But when she was here, uh, uh, her and I had some great conversations. My oldest daughter, by the way, is 22. She'll be 23 this year. Um, and actually my wife's in my wife and my anniversary is coming up May, May 21st. So we're going to be 24 years, which is crazy. Um, just absolutely crazy. It's been great. Don't get me wrong. Don't take that the wrong way. Uh, just crazy that, uh, you know, I'm old enough to be married 24 years and have a 23 year old daughter insane. But anyway, uh, so I was having a conversation with my oldest daughter, Alexis, and we were talking about just mindset. We're talking about like how, when I was younger, you know, even when she was, you know, just a, just a toddler, like my mindset was so much different than it is right now. And especially when it comes to money, like when we're growing up, at least for me, my father was always like, you know, Hey, don't waste that. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. And we're, we're trained that, you know, you know, we're not really just able to get money whenever we need it. We just have to go out there and we have to make it. And then we have to hold it and we have to make sure that we don't spend it. Right. Like that's our mindset, which I I get it. Right. I mean, like, I don't want to be foolish with the money and I don't want to teach my kids to be foolish. I want them to be smart with it, but I don't also want them to think that they have to kind of conform or kind of be the the norm as where you go out there, you make a living, you make, you know, $50,000, $60,000 a year, and that's all you're able to do. And they don't, by the way, because I've been instilling this mindset in them. And my daughter, Alexis, kind of confirmed that because she was like, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about how much they want to make a year because that will provide the life of this thing, whatever, or, you know, their lifestyle. And she's like, I'm looking at like $100,000 a year minimum. And I'm like, good girl. Like, that's exactly what we're talking about here. Because, you know, years ago, I would have thought that making $100,000 a year was kind of like out of reach for me. Like that would have just been like, I won the lottery kind of thing. Nowadays, I look at that as like, that's like entry level. Like, I think anyone that applies themselves goes out there, figures out their business plan. And then from there, reverse reverse engineers what they need to do to make it happen and then go out there and do it, right? So like part of her goal is to make $100,000 a year. That would be amazing after her husband gets out of the service, you know, then they could kind of build from there. And she wants to be able to do that over the next three years. And I said, well, you're already in the right mindset because you're giving yourself number one, three years, which in some cases could be bad because now you're like, well, I'm giving, giving myself that much time. So now I'm going to drag my feet. No, that's not how she's going to operate. Everything will have its own phase, right? So if if one part of the business that needs to get there is, is one thing, that's what you're going to work on. And then once you get to that level, then you're going to start to introduce the other part of it. So it's kind of like building the brand. Like we've talked about, it's like all of those different components, like, you have to look at 
what you need to do now and then from there move forward on that one thing. But you're giving yourself the runway and the plan to know that also that it's not going to happen overnight. You don't expect it to happen overnight, but it's totally doable. And you'll probably, you know, even if you shoot for that, you'll probably even make more because as you start to do it and build momentum, you're going to get, you know, bigger results because now you've got that momentum behind you. But I just kind of wanted to share this with you because, you know, my daughter kind of confirmed to me that, you know, I've kind of instilled in her that, you know, she's not limiting herself to, you know, I can just go out there and, and get a job where I'm making fifty, sixty thousand dollars or, you know, her husband can get out of the service who's going to have a really good degree in a sense and people will want him to work for, for them, but he might not want to do that and he might want the lifestyle so that way there they can do what I've done and what my wife has done for their kids and be there and be at the t-ball games and, you know, not miss out on that stuff. You know, there's a price sometimes that you have to pay at, at having a, a big corporate job that you make $150,000, $200,000 a year. You're going to basically give them time and you're going to be on their schedule. All right. But the freedom part of it and making the money that you need to make to to basically survive and to maintain, that's that's another thing. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you. I thought it was interesting sitting down with my oldest daughter and it was pretty awesome that her mindset was right where I think it needs to be and that she's not thinking to herself small. She's thinking to herself bigger than what uh, a lot of people out there are thinking. So thumbs up to my daughter for that. All right, cool. So let's uh, let's jump in here. We've got some stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking today. Like I said, we're going to be talking about launching variations, pay-per-click challenges, and starting Facebook ads. Where should I start? Good question. All right, so let's go ahead and let's jump into today's questions, and I will give you my answers. Let's do this. Hi, Scott. This is Brianna in Fort Worth, Texas. So my question is this, and bear with me, it's kind of got a couple of parts to it, so hope it makes sense. Um, basically, I've got a product that has seven variations, just um, seven different kind of flavors or varietals, if you will. It's not an edible product, but just for lack of a better way to describe it. Um, my question is whether I should launch all seven varieties at once or treat them as seven different products. Um, the only way I really got a good presence is I've ordered a total of about 400 of the products um, across those seven variations total. So um, I don't really have a lot to launch them individually. Um, should I throw them all up there, find out what the best selling variety is, and then go forward with ordering more of that product and keeping it out there while continuing to then launch completely different products in the same family? Or do you think I should... Um, dig deep and launch one at a time, just re-up, order more, kind of guess it where to go and what order to release them in and see where that takes me. Hey, Brianna, thank you so much for the question all the way from Fort Worth, Texas. I've been there. Love it. It's a great place. Uh, so thank you for the question. And uh, okay, here's, here's the deal on variations and anyone else that is thinking about launching variations. Number one, I'm a big fan. Okay, and we have one product right now that has six variations, but here's the but. We started with two, okay, two different ones, okay, and each one was a little bit different, right? Like you said, it could be two different flavors, it could be two different sizes, it could be two different colors, it could be whatever, but I would never suggest starting with seven variations, 
Not unless you were going to get maybe 50 of each one and then you were just going to test it out just to kind of see. The problem with that is if you're going to get any momentum at all, you're going to need more than 50 units in stock unless you're just seeing if anyone buys it in general, period. Uh, and then you'd also talked about like wanting to go really hard in a sense, really, you know, like focused on maybe doing one uh, of those variations and giving it everything you got. I'm a fan of that. And, and here's why. Because if you start to take your focus and especially in the beginning and you're trying to launch, in a sense, seven different products because that's what you're doing. Now, I wouldn't, I think you also mentioned maybe launching them separately. I would never, especially if it's like flavor type things, I would never do that under uh, different listings. Uh, just for management wise, but also because then you're not going to get any of the additional uh, views and you know sessions from your other, you know, your other variations that could bring people in. The great thing about a variation is, is you can lead people in even with a lower priced item. Maybe it's a two pack and then maybe you have a five pack and a, and a 10 pack, right? If we can get them into the listing, there's a better chance that they're going to click on one of the other variations. So I'm a fan of having variations, not multiple listings, unless it doesn't make sense. And what I mean by that is, is some people I've seen, they'll do a variation of like a bundle, but then a bundle with like something else they added to it that could go with it, but doesn't necessarily go with it a hundred percent, but then they can just buy one of something else. So it's, it's kind of, uh, to me, it, it's a way that they're trying to get traffic to another product that they wouldn't necessarily be looking for. So to me, that's a, that's like a bad way of trying to drive traffic to a product because they weren't looking for that. Now, doesn't mean that you can't drive someone there and then you have a nice accessory that goes with it, like a garlic press and then a garlic press bag. That's a different story because now you could have single items like a garlic press, the garlic press bag on its own variations, and then you could have the bundle, right? And that would be fine. Now, recently, what we've done is we've taken three different SKUs, okay? So we had, you know, one, or product one, two, and three, okay? Now, someone would want all three of those. We did not create a variation under one of those listings. What we did was we created a brand new listing with just that as a bundle, okay? Now, the cool thing is, though, is we can... Okay, we can direct people to a promotion inside of our promotions tab if they want to buy an additional one of those, let's say. So that's a way that I could get traffic or I could take one from each individual variation, okay, or product listing, let's say, because it's product one, product two, product three, they're all on their own listing. I can then drive those people in the promotions area over to the bundle if I want to, okay, and the bundle would be its own listing. So the only way that variations make sense to me personally is if, if it's like a quantity thing or a size thing, or if it's a, uh, if a different style, maybe you have different styles, that's fine. But if they're searching for the garlic press and they come to the garlic press, it's okay to show them a red one, a green one, a yellow one. And then that way there, they're getting the same thing. It's just different color. Or if maybe it's, it's a six inch, a 10 inch and a 12 inch. That's fine too, because they're, they're looking for the garlic press. But if you go to a garlic press and then they see that they can buy a lemon press there too, it doesn't really make sense. 
Okay, so hopefully that makes sense for you. Um, now, looking at some of the other, you know, of the other products in your market that are doing uh, or maybe selling the same types of products, I would look at those. Are those colors selling better? If they are, I would start with those. If the red is selling better, start with the red. And then, you know, add in the black and then add in the orange or whatever, right? Or maybe it's sizes. Maybe you're going to start with uh, the large because the large one is the one everyone is looking for. It's a 22 inch, right? And everyone is buying the 22 inch. That's the one I'd start with. And then you might want to go ahead and add the other one for, you know, for the next size up or the size down. Um, That's what I would do. I think if you go at it, with uh, with thinking that you have to do seven different listings, that's going to be overwhelming. Number one, you got to build out all these listings, and then they don't work well together. So I would say always do the parent listing, do the variations underneath that, and then from there, depending on the variations, if there's going to be priced uh, differences, if as far as you're going to have a lower priced one. I would play around with pay-per-click to drive to the lower price, see how that performs, and then I would also drive to the higher price and see how that performs. Sometimes the higher one will outperform the lower or vice versa. So it's something else to test out. So anyone doing variations, stuff to think about, but I am a fan of variations. I think they're huge. I think uh, you can add more products to your product line by just adding variations, and, uh, and it's really powerful. We literally just did this. We added two more to our current listing. Uh, So now we have six. And just as we did that, we've noticed that even on those other ones, we're picking up an extra four or five sales just on those other ones inside of that listing that's already getting the traffic. So it definitely is worth doing uh, and, and looking into. All right, so hopefully that answered your question. Keep me posted. Let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, this is Caleb from Tampa, Florida. I um, met you in Orlando, I took a picture, he had made a joke, uh, his wife just needs to make sure he was actually there with, with Scott in Orlando, she knows you well, your, your uh, name is a frequent name in the household for sure, I uh, just wanted to get reach out to you, get some answers about PPC, so I started a um, broad match campaign, about 100 keywords, um, cross-reference, about three different uh, keyword uh, make sure, making sure that I have all my most relevant keywords in in the actual PPC campaign. All of them are indexing on my listing, uh, and I have placed pretty healthy sized bid on each one because I'm impatient. It's been running for about two weeks, and um, funny enough, I really only have impressions on about a little over 10 in total. Um, main one being the keyword garlic press, how that would obviously be, you know, let's say that's your main keyword and that gets the most search volume. So therefore you're more than likely going to get the most impressions on that particular keyword. Well, my issue is, is that there's a lot of other keywords in there, but I'm really not indexing for any of the more long tail, even though they have a pretty healthy, uh, search volume as well according to several different keyword um, tools. Um, Just wanted to see if you had any suggestions on that or things I could change. Now, it's in a broad match, so I was thinking maybe I kind of messed that up. I should take the long tail and put it more into a phrase match or even just go as far as just to put it right into an exact and then negative on the broad. Um, And then that way, let for the keywords I do know about, I'll let the uh, shorter tail... Uh, 
main keywords, kind of search for those unknown broad keywords. Uh, you can get back to me on that. I really appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate everything that you do. I uh, really enjoy your podcast, and it was uh, my pleasure meeting you. I can't wait to meet you again. Thanks, Scott. Hey, Caleb, thank you so much for the question, and thanks for coming to the meetup. And uh, it was awesome meeting you. And uh, yeah, we had to take that picture just to, to prove that you were actually at the meetup. Not you didn't have to. I mean, I'm just we're just we're just playing here. But uh, yeah, I want to say thank you. It was awesome hanging out. Uh, okay, let's let's talk about this pay per click thing. And you know, I'm not going to be able to give you an exact kind of answer, but from what I'm hearing, and from what you're doing right now. Number one, you said you put like a hundred keywords in one campaign and, and that's okay. That'd be my max. I would probably even try to go less than that, maybe 50 or less. Uh, and then from there, if you're not seeing impressions, there's one of two things that could be happening. Number one, you're not being indexed for those long tail. So I'd have to look and see in that listing or in your listing if you are. Uh, and one way of even seeing what you're being indexed for like right out of the gate is to look at their suggested keywords. So when you're setting up the campaign, when you go ahead and you, uh, you're you getting ready to you know put in your keywords, you can click suggested keywords and that's the ones that they're they're seeing and they're, they're saying that are most relevant to your listing. So that would be one step. Now, you also talked about seeing like a lot of search volume by different resources and stuff and, you know, different, uh, whether it's tools or whatever, you got to be careful with that stuff. The only tool that's going to tell you the exact number is Amazon themselves. And the only way you're going to know that is by putting in that long tail, putting it in a phrase, putting a nice nice bid on that, a good size bid. And depending on your market, that could be $2. It could be $5. And then putting a really low, uh, campaign budget on that. And then you'll see, right? Because if you're wanting to target stainless steel garlic press, because you think again, the keyword there is you think that it's getting a ton of traffic. Well, you're going to know, right? Because if you're being indexed for it and if you're relevant for it and you put that into a phrase match, the only way that you're going to be, and actually, if you want to take it one step further to know exactly, is put it into an exact campaign, right? So you would take stainless steel garlic press, and then you would put that into an exact match. You would drive, you know, $3 per click through that, okay, or towards that. And then from there, let it sit, and you'd see how many impressions you're getting per day, right? But the only way you're going to really know is by really pushing that budget and not even the budget, but the keywords, the cost per click, how much you're willing to spend there. So that could be like do a $20, uh, you know, budget for the day and put your, your, uh, cost per click at $5. If you do that for a full 24 hours and you're only getting like 200, uh, searches, well, you know, you're getting 200 searches a day for that keyword for the most part. And if you did that for a full seven days, you'd have a full seven days worth of data. There's no way that you're going to know exactly what that is by looking at other tools. Not that I'm aware of. Um, there's a lot of guesses going on out there just by, you know, past searches and stuff, but it doesn't mean that that's what's currently happening. It could have been a different time, could have been seasonal, whatever. So the only way that you're really going to know is to actually do exactly that. Now, I don't necessarily think you have to do that. I think you need to take your 10 keywords that you think are the top ones, get aggressive with those, even in a broad, and then from there... Uh, you'll also see the impressions that you're getting. Now, a lot of people say, well, Scott, how many impressions should I be getting? 
I like to see at least a thousand per day. If you see anything less than a thousand, either there's not a lot of traffic for it if you're bidding high enough, uh, or uh, you're not being indexed for it. So that's another issue. Um, so you want to look at the impressions as a way to tell you how many uh, or how much it's being searched for, or what kind of traffic it has. Because you may think it's getting a lot of traffic, but when you do this, you might say, well, it's really not. Uh, so you got to look at that stuff. And I think for a lot of people, the problem with getting impressions in the beginning is they're not bidding enough. So you have to be willing to lose a little bit of money to understand and to really see exactly what is the cost. And then if that keyword is actually getting uh, searched uh, for, okay? And that's some different ways that you can do that. I think if you're taking 100 keywords, you're you're trying to take that entire budget of, let's say, $20, and you're trying to get a whole bunch of data with that. And what Amazon is doing now is they're taking that $20 and spreading it out amongst all of those keywords. So now you're taking longer, um, and you might not ever really see the true uh, you know, impressions, uh, that you would, if you were to really focus on maybe 10 keywords. So that's where I would start. I would start with the ones that you think are the top 10 and I would start from there. An auto campaign will also help you in this in the beginning. You will spend some money to do this, but it will allow you to let Amazon tell you by doing an auto campaign and then pulling that report, seeing exactly what they're saying. The other tool that helps with this, which I'm a huge fan of, and I'm using it, is Ignite. And Ignite will actually go through and do this for you. It'll actually give you suggested keywords, but it'll also help you manage it by giving you suggestions on what you should do by what has happened in the past. Um, so definitely check that out. If you guys are at all interested, I believe they have a 30 day trial for us. So if you head to theamazingseller.com forward slash Ignite, you'll check that out and you'll see all the details there. Um, and I am an affiliate for them and I know those guys really well over there, Jeff Cohen, who I'll be spending some time with here shortly at uh, their event. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm a fan of the tool. It does, it streamlines the process, but also allows them to do some, uh, a little bit of that investigative work in the background. So this way here, you can just make the decision if you want to take them up on the suggestions or not. But, uh, I would definitely check that out, especially for the, for the uh, first 30 days, it'll, it'll give you a little bit, uh, of kind of how it works. And then that way there, you might even land, you know, your top 10 keywords just by doing it for those 30 days. So definitely check that out. The amazing forward slash ignite. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to one more quick question. I'll give you my answer. We'll wrap this up and uh, we'll get on with our weekend or our week, depending on when you're listening to this and we can get rocking and rolling. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Scott, this is Chuck from Connecticut. I have a question based on a few things I frequently hear in your podcast, and that is, where can we go, a reliable source, to learn the right way to do Facebook ads? I'm sure there is a learning curve there, and whether it's a course or some other method, I'd love uh, a reliable source that I can learn to do it the right way and uh, start off on the right foot with that. So I appreciate it. Thank you for your podcast. Listen almost every day. Have a great one. Hey, Chuck, thank you so much for the question. And yes, I do have a resource, someone that I've learned from. I've actually attended his live event um, all about Facebook ads, and his name is Rick Mulready. And I will, uh, I'll be linking up in the show notes um, the resources there. You can just go to theamazingseller.com forward slash F. 
FB training. Again, that's the amazing seller.com forward slash FB training. And uh, depending on when you go to that link, uh, it will have a, uh, a workshop that we did together. Um, and it really gives you a good overview of Facebook ads, but also he has a lot of resources. He's got his own podcast. Um, I've had him on the on the podcast myself here on The Amazing Seller, and I'm going to be having him back on um, in the future. Uh, I got to reach back out to him and get that set up because Facebook ads always changing, right? Like all, all that stuff is always changing, just like Amazon is always changing and eBay is always changing, right? There's always updates. There's terms of service things. There's new features, like all that stuff. So I'm definitely going to be having him back on, but I would definitely uh, check him out again. Like I said, I'll link that up in the show notes, but here's the deal on Facebook ads guys. If you had to pick, or if I had to pick one thing that I would say you probably should learn or have someone on your team or someone that you are connected with learn is Facebook ads, because if you can drive your own traffic and if you can understand how to do that, to me, you will be way above your competition. Okay. And right now, currently in our new brand, we are starting to drive external traffic to our own sales funnel. And then we're going to get that sales funnel to convert. So this way here, we can also pay for our leads, but then also make money on the back end. And there's a whole, there's a whole theory and mindset behind like how you run successful Facebook ads. It's not always just about making money on the first sale. It's more about making money on the first sale to pay for the ads to acquire the customers. And then on the backside of that is where you can then either upsell or just lead them into your brand. Um, and then from there, you can have additional things for those people to buy um, and even build your email list and all that stuff. And we've done that with our contests and stuff. And you have a whole bunch of stuff that you can do with Facebook ads. So if I had one thing that I would say, you definitely want to learn this alongside your e-commerce business. It would be Facebook ads because right now, currently, as I'm recording this, it's a huge opportunity still. They're constantly rolling out even more powerful features. And, uh, and if you can tap into that, you're going to be able to stand above your competition and really compete at a higher level. And then it really doesn't even matter at that point when you're thinking to yourself, I'm looking at just Amazon. I'm only looking at how do I compete on Amazon? One way that you compete on Amazon is you get more sales by driving people through your email list, through Facebook ads, however, to build that email list. And then from there, drive sales over to Amazon, even if it's temporarily to spike the algorithm. And then you win like that's, that's the thing, right? So that's why I'm saying to build our email list, to be able to drive traffic over to our listings the right way without driving them directly to Amazon, but maybe to a lead capture page through giveaway boost, anything like that. And then from there, start building that email list. Facebook ads will allow us to do that. And that to me is a skill set you're going to want to know. So like I said, I'll be having more resources here on the podcast. I definitely will bring them to you because number one, I want to learn more about it. So I'm going to bring those resources here. But in the meantime, definitely Rick Mulready would be the guy uh, to check out. Again, I'll link him up in the show notes. The free resource that I have for you right now can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash FB training. And I'll link that up again in the show notes as well. All right, guys. So here's what I want to do. I want to remind you guys to head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and ask a question if you have one that you want me to answer or address here on an upcoming Ask Scott session, okay? And then number two, check out the show notes. 
Head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 511. You can grab all the show notes there, the transcripts, everything will be there for you, all the goodies. And uh, yeah, that is going to wrap up this episode. So let's wrap this thing up in style the way that we normally do this. I want you guys to remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, weekend, whatever time of day it is. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.